Welcome in to another episode of Too Many Points here on the Tell Me More podcast. I'm your host, Mac Moore, and we're back again. Bobby G, this is two weeks in a row. This is a new record. This is scary. Uh, if there was anything more uh, surprising about 2020, I don't think I could deal with it. Uh, getting back here for a, a, another episode to talk football. We just had a, another fun weekend. Bobby, how's it going today? I'm good. You think I'm going to win a fish fillet bet and not show up the next day? I mean, I guess, I guess that's fair. I guess. That's I mean, fair. maybe if I lost and I got swept, I'd be like, you know what? I'm kind of tired today. I'm going to, I'm going to sit this one out, but no, I won my fish fillet. I got my rant. You know, I'm full of energy today, as much monotone energy as I can give you. And you know, I'm ready to go. That's true. And if, uh, you know, you can get the, the Ravens to pull out a, what minus uh was it three and a half or two and a half uh if you it should can, be should be three and a half so if you can if you can pull that one out then uh you'll even break even on the the other bets so that's that's not too bad of a, a week there for you uh in terms of uh your team and i think that's maybe where we'll start uh knock that out of the way and then a, a couple uh big high profile games uh yesterday that i have in mind but pats over the raiders 26 to 10 it was close early and then uh that running game they just uh kept stomping on the Raiders uh I guess if you wanted to be a a negative Nancy you could uh point to the fact that Cam Newton uh not not very good stats in the game but at the end of the day uh, if you get 100 plus yards out of Sony Michelle Rex Burkhead gets his 50 50 and three touchdowns uh it's a it's a pretty good performance and even better the defense as a return. What do you think of your Patriots handling the Raiders yesterday? You know, I thought it was going to be a, a great game and it was really close for a while, as you said. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna devolve into a fantasy football rant here. I know it because I had Cam Newton. <laughs> I was playing the Patriots defense, so that whole game I'm like, all right, Cam, like you can throw the ball eventually, you can run. And, you know, like, I just, I just praised you. I'm starting you in my fantasy league, do a little bit something, but uh, you know, they leaned on Sony Michelle. He had a couple great runs. I finally saw some bursts from him, you know, running backs don't matter. You should never draft one in the first round. You had a undrafted free agent look faster than Sony Michelle and better than Sony Michelle. But you, know, you said Burkhead uh, put the team on his back after camp, you know, didn't do anything all game. And then you had that Patriots defense at the end, absolutely ruining my day with that garbage time strip sack fumble touchdown, give my opponent 10 points. Cam Newton only gave me 10 points. And if you top it off of DK Metcalf walking in the end zone, getting the ball punched out of his arms and losing me another eight points, I think we're going to have to start inventing a fantasy football insurance where I can make a claim based off a grievance. This is like that mesothelioma commercial. I want my financial compensation for garbage like DK Metcalf and the Patriots getting 10 points at the end because it shouldn't happen. No, no, no. I want my insurance. I want my claim. And I want to be paid all in pure salts because that's all it was last night is the Patriots got that nice dub, but I couldn't be happy because Derek Carr in the end zone doesn't understand. Just walk out or throw the ball away, (laughs) throw the ball away, throw the ball away. All right. You don't get sacked for the safety. Hold on to the ball. At least no, you have to be Derek Carr. You have to be the Raiders and DK got Leon let it. And it was just embarrassing. And now I have to pray to the, 
all fathers of the Kansas City defense shows up because I'm basically playing Lamar Jackson in the entire Ravens offense. And there is zero chance that that Kansas City secondary actually does anything to him. So I'm just praying that they somehow, some way, just do rushing all game, and it's Mark Ingram all day. But, I mean, we could talk about it here in a little bit, but I have zero faith in that Kansas City defense, you know, slow down Lamar Jackson at all. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's tough because I I think if we go by week one – then I think this defense is definitely better than what they were last year when they uh, held Lamar Jackson down for the, the first, uh, you know, half and, uh, and some change before garbage time. Lamar Jackson's able to put some points back on the board, make it kind of look like a good game. Uh, so, yeah, but it, right now the that Ravens offense does just seem to have uh, extra pep in their step. They have even more confidence than I think last year. And it, it'd be hard to imagine them not doing some damage, whether it's on, on the ground or uh, Lamar Jackson through the passing game against a chief secondary that uh, there's just, there's no experienced players back there uh, in the, in the cornerback ranks. So I can imagine that being pretty bad. I'm pretty sure I have a tryout this, (laughs) this week to be a cornerback for the chiefs. That's how, that's how deep they are right now. It's, it's, it's pretty bad, but, it's not like they're, they've been better in previous years. The cornerback's always been the issue. It's just now extra thin. Um, yeah, I am expecting a big game. I got Tyreek Hill, uh, uh, Hollywood Brown, and I got the Ravens defense, which I'm like sitting there. Luckily, our league, like I think only one defense has had like negative points just based on the way the system works. So like the Vikings were minus eight week one and everybody else. Like if you, if you get slaughtered, generally, you're still going to have like zero or one point you know so I don't have to like pull the defense and try to play without him to get the win but I'm 20 points down with uh those two huge threats so I need at least one of them to have a big catch that's really all I need from this week and then uh I put Mark Ingram on the bench and probably just shouldn't have I try to take the the uh chance of Gage taking over all of the extra receptions from Julio Jones it did not work out and now I'm sitting there wondering if I would have just kept Ingram in I was going into night with uh, down 24 with one of those three was is bound to have a pretty decent game tonight. So I messed up there, but I'll get through it. Uh, in, in terms of uh, the next set of games that we want to talk about, uh, do we want to go with another Falcons collapse? Uh, uh, Seahawks-Cowboys with uh, Seahawks never having a normal game or uh, the Saints start marching towards mediocrity? I think we're going to give you an easy layup, and I want to talk about the Vikings game real quick. Okay, okay. I, I mean, don't, don't, but really, okay. <laughs> we don't really have to talk about it. We're just going to segue into uh, Kirk Cousins' is trash 3.0, and then we can just move on real quick. So is Kirk Cousins still absolute hot garbage and a waste of money and space in this Vikings team? I think yes, but it's harder on a game where they were actually in it, and then it's like, okay – what, how, how much is the play calling? How much did they finally start figuring out? Maybe with Dalvin Cook back there, one, give him the ball. Two, the only time you let Kirk Cousins throw is off of play action because that's the only time he is going to complete a pass. Like, you need to do that pretty much every time. Uh, they, they didn't do it through the, the first two weeks. Finally did it a third time. And sure enough, uh, much better production to still lose to the Titans by one. So, uh, you know, high upside there for the Vikings. Uh, I, I'm trying to look hi, at the hi. stat. 
I, I, I'm looking at right as they lose to Ryan Tannehill hey, and Steven hey, Gostowski. That's a that's an AFC Championship game team that's got it going right now. Uh, 16 to 27, 251 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, 44.1 QBR, and uh, I, I will have a bone to pick with QBR. I usually am a pretty big proponent of it, but when we get to that uh, Packers Saints game, uh, I'll have a conversation about that. Uh, so yeah, I I, I think. If you can get Dalvin Cook going, maybe Kirk Cousins is just nearly good enough to uh, get you some victories. The problem is he's still going to have that contract, and he's oscillating between being not good enough to beat the Titans and garbage. So I'm willing to uh, take the average there, which is uh, trash that's still being thrown into the garbage can. That's, that's Kirk Cousins right now. I mean, the real segment I want to do here was I picked up Gostowski late on Saturday night. So I really just had a dab of my own massive brain. So good, good job to me for that one. I'm still going to lose the fantasy matchup, but good job to me. Yeah. Good work. I'm proud of you. Um, so yeah, let's go, let's go saints. I think that one already sort of, uh, segue towards, and, uh, I'm excited about this one just a little bit, not a lot, but like, a little uh so the reason i'm excited is because drew Brees. we just had two weeks of the internet coming to a consensus and i love when twitter agrees all on one thing particularly about athletes that ends up becoming a flashpoint of okay what is the response because for two weeks we've heard from twitter drew Brees cannot throw deep it's gone we thought it was gonna be tom brady this year who was fading into dust Turns out it's Drew Brees. And now you were in a primetime game, Sunday night football, going up against Aaron Rodgers, who himself has returned from the grave of no longer being an elite quarterback and is just putting up monster numbers this year, almost in spite of all of the crap he's heard. So now you got Drew Brees who can do the same thing. He can come and step out. And we, we, we see this a lot. And uh, the best comparison that I'm going to have uh, is just uh, whenever we have this legend that is being told they're too old and they're missing a piece of the game, think of LeBron right now where, uh, you know, he just led the Lakers to the finals at age 35. It's ridiculous. But for the last couple of years, keep hearing people on Twitter. It's, he's lost a little bit of a step. Not as explosive going uh, to the basket. Doesn't play defense anymore. And then as soon as he hears it just enough, he steps up and he posterizes the best rim protector on the floor. On defense, transition, he gets down there and he just smashes the basketball into the backboard. Like, just to show you, hey, I heard you, and shut up. And that moment, we've seen it from a lot of players, and I I just love that with Drew Brees, it's like, Okay, throw it down the field. And instead, Drew Brees, he doesn't. Like, normally the legend. Imagine Brett Favre last year with Minnesota. He's washed, but there's, all, there's just one throw every game. Where you're like, damn, he still kind of has it a bit. Like, that arm is still there. He still sucks. He's throwing too many interceptions. But, you know, it's the Toby Keith song. I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. You got just a little bit left, and you want to show it. Drew Brees didn't want to show it. Drew Brees did not want to throw it down the field in that game. He was scared to death. And eventually it got to the point where Twitter was on a new consensus. Drew Brees looks bad when he's throwing it 10 yards down the field. And it was in that moment Drew Brees said, "Uh uh-uh, ain't having it. And he started slinging that bad boy five yards down the field, hitting (laughs) Alvin Kamara on screen passes. Man ran 50 yards, got them back into the game. Drew Brees like, "Uh uh-uh, I ain't hearing none of it. Don't ever say I can't throw it 10 yards down the field. Don't pretend like I'm Chad Pennington right now. I still got just a little bit. I just love that he, he was unwilling to confront 
the haters until uh started becoming I just I don't even know if he can do the the short passing game yes he can but just barely and uh didn't quite work out for him but uh that 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 was a interesting development to see that and that's why I get to the QBR uh his QBR was better than Aaron Rodgers last night so that is the I don't have a long list right now of moments when QBR didn't do a good job of figuring it out but uh that's one of them right there cuz uh that there was a a a huge gap between what Aaron Rodgers did last night and what Drew Brees did and uh Alvin Kamara did all of the work and uh I guess I want to see maybe that maybe it was just that screen pass that jumped the numbers up but it shouldn't have the QBR should be able to detect that's all Alvin Kamara and nothing's better than watching him go like 40 yards down the field and uh at one point he just kind of like stops running to watch how awesome he is and his lineman hits a guy out of the way and then he does the like slowest juke ever it's like madden like o2 and it's just he just slowly moves past three guys and takes off and uh yeah it's it's fun to watch but it's not going to be nearly enough to to get the saints anywhere they need to go the best thing about that screen pass was i don't know if you heard it but i think it was like the next drive or the one after that drew Brees does another check down (laughs) not to kamara and collinsworth is Saying he's like, well, if uh, if you're gonna get 50 yards after every catch, why wouldn't you check it down? I'm like, okay, dude. I'm like, now here's a guy who's making excuses for <laughs> Drew Brees' noodle arm. I mean, like he was. Oh my god. I, I thought I saw that check down, and I'm like, all right, he's checking it down behind the line. Like that's a a new level of uh, big brain right there. He's like, don't even check it down five yards down the field. They'll make fun of you for that. Just say you're checking it down, you're running back in pressure two yards behind the line of scrimmage and just pray to God he goes 55 yards down the field with alignment blocking in front of him and the entire Packers defense having zero idea how to tackle. But, yeah, Drew Brees is uh, – thank God he's in a dome at least. At least he's finally getting exposed a little bit as a dome <laughs> quarterback. That makes me a little happy on the inside. It's sad to see him get old and, like, Maybe when Michael Thomas comes back, he'll have a better downfield game. But, no, he'll probably just do, like, seven-yard slants to Michael Thomas 20 times a game. And we're going to go from there. But, yeah, Aaron Rodgers was great. Aaron Jones for my fantasy team was great. I do have another bone to pick with that touchdown at the end. Yeah, He was clearly in. I mean, 100% unbiased. I had nothing on that besides six points for my fantasy team. So, I'm 100% – with my integrity right here. He was in. It's even worse that she gave, gave it to the tight end right after. And so, uh, you know, fantastic game. I I think I picked the Packers plus three, I want to say. Uh, Who knows? I'm not, I'm not with us. I don't think we had it on there. Oh, well, I picked it with someone. But, uh, yeah, we, I mean, it was a good, 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 good game. It was fun to watch as uh, much as it was uh, – Horrific to see how uh, much Drew Brees is degraded there, but uh, Alvin Kamara kept it entertaining. We do have to talk about one hypothetical sports bet because I believe, I'll need you to verify this one, I believe that the Panthers beat the Chargers. That is is true. Not not just can we take the points, but uh, they flat out beat them, and they got the points. Like, if 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 the points were flipped, I'm pretty – did the Chargers come back to what was the final? I think it was. I think the Panthers won by four. Okay, so they didn't quite beat the, the six and a half points that the Chargers uh, were were 
given to, to start that game, which is just crazy. Uh, I have to apologize. I have to apologize to Teddy Bridgewater uh, for even questioning whether uh, him being stuck without uh, the most important weapon for the Panthers, if uh, they were better than the Jets. Uh, it, nothing about what Teddy Bridgewater did on Sunday. He did a little bit. Uh, it's mostly the, the Jets are that bad, and uh, I should have never questioned that just giving Teddy Bridgewater, Mike Davis, and uh, what, Robbie Anderson, I guess the, the the best offensive weapon for the Jets last year, just given to the Panthers. I don't know why you'd give it away. Uh, you just had a lot of faith in uh, Perriman. So, yeah, um, it, 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 I have to apologize. My bad, my bad, Teddy. Uh, the Jets are just that awful. But I did – get uh even that out so uh, of the just bet against the the jets and the panthers didn't work out for the panthers totally worked out for the jets totally. as the colts just beat the brakes off of them so that was that was a good time no but i i was thinking about this as i was watching that panthers game you know the chargers look really good last week against the chiefs they lay an egg against the panthers so i gotta ask you mac are the chargers for real as long as the uh doctors don't get near their injured quarterback uh those are some pretty good memes right after herbert went down is uh just all these running away from the medical staff because uh yeah we, we we made some jokes about it last week and i know some people like i guess it wasn't that funny i'm like it sucks that he got uh tyron taylor got his lungs punctured but i think that adds to the comedy element that the chargers are that bad at what they're doing like you know you guys could have just played herbert right like you didn't need to uh commit attempted murder to get your rookie quarterback into the game like that i just don't know why the Chargers had to go that far with it uh but now you got you got herbert out there hurt you got uh the the, the chargers just uh can't can't go up against this panthers team that's been decimated and i i guess that's kind of just a it's just a correction you know it's like after a really good game uh, against the Chiefs gave the the Chargers a little bit more credit than they deserve and then that scares me a little bit for tonight uh I don't know how much it was uh you know rookie magic is uh Herbert came in to to throw as well as he did against the Chiefs uh now I'm just imagining okay if if that's what the Chargers are for real then uh Lamar Jackson is gonna gonna have uh some record-breaking performance tonight it scares me a little bit but uh I'll, I'll, the, char- I'll, the Chargers simply regressed back to the meme as you made up last year. Did I make it up or did you make it up? I can't remember. I, I believe you coined the phrase. I think it's mostly just mocking you because you, you wouldn't give up on the meme stuff. Uh, Never. If you're going to have a segment, you got to at least have a good name. And, uh, you know, yeah. word, word play is uh, the, the main thing I bring to the table. That and, you know, technical work, knowing how to set up these podcasts and then uh, showing up on time, things like that um so oh, i was here on time today i'm right here <laughs> fine so i'm being i'm being roasted all day i like it <laughs> uh let's let's talk about uh falcons uh, uh how has dan quinn just not been fired how, how how didn't that just happen like because they they have uh they don't even know how to fire a coach they gotta wait like an extra three weeks to do it because they can't even blow like a good coaching firing it's amazing how they do it. But, uh, I mean, to be fair, though, he lost to Nick Foles. That's true. If you, if you had Nick Foles come in the second half of your game and you blew a big lead to Nick Foles, could you really fire a coach? Or do you just understand that you got got by the magic of Nick Foles? That's true. Super Bowl champ. So, you got you, you bring up great points that I can't argue or won't argue because I won't bring myself 
down to that level. But uh, <laughs> well, when you look at this uh, the Falcons team, uh, I, I think in any other situation, you would just fire Dan Quinn for the fact that those three fourth quarter meltdowns, like to have the game in hand, I, maybe they're just in reverse order. Like I, like you, if you have the Super Bowl last, that one hurts the most. So, you, but like you don't really fire somebody who loses a Super Bowl game. In this case, you you have the hatred you have for him because he allowed your Super Bowl chances to slip away. He tries to pass the buck on Kyle Shanahan, but Kyle Shanahan goes on to actually be a good coach and win games. Dan Quinn is sitting there just blaming new offensive coordinator. Like, he, he, he just keeps passing the buck long enough to get to this point. And he is a defensive coach who is yet to put a defense on the field that works. And he keeps blaming the offense for letting the lead slip away. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy that it's worked this long. I don't know how the Falcons franchise has uh, allowed him. Like, I'm not going to go into politics, but there's a certain politician that lies as much as Dan Quinn does and gets away with it. I, it's, it's crazy that we've reached this point. I, Just get rid of him. Just get rid of Dan Quinn. Just be are done we talking about the politician or Dan Quinn? Who are we getting rid of in November? Right now, I'm talking about Dan Quinn. We're going to leave that as the only thing on too many points. There might be a different podcast later that talks about that. But right now, just uh, get rid of Dan Quinn. Um, the you, ca- I'll let yeah. you go. Do you remember those old pictures of Jerry Jones with, like, the young strippers or whatever they were? Yeah, sure. I, yeah, if you actually know what I'm talking about. I feel like Dan Quinn has something like that on Arthur Blank. And Arthur, Ryan. Arthur Blank just has actual principles, so he's worried about it getting out. Jerry Jones is like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Jerry Jones is like, that's going inc- to increase the team value. Go ahead, leak him. I don't care. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, cow- uh, good transition to Jerry Jones. Uh, Cowboys, uh, another comeback, but this one uh, didn't quite work out. Uh, Seahawks, you got a MVP caliber start to the year for Russell Westbrook. Uh, breaks Patrick Mahomes' record. Russell for Wilson. Both. Russell Wilson. West. Somebody had posted like a joke that just said Russell, and he's like, "I hoped you were talking about Westbrook," and now that's stuck in my head. My brain doesn't function very well. Uh, Russell Wilson gets 14 passing touchdowns in the first three games. Breaks Patrick Mahomes' record for uh, the most in the first three games, uh, and that's including DK Metcalf getting the ball popped out in the back of the end zone which is also a stupid rule, but we won't, won't focus on that for too long. Are we uh, going to get back on that topic too? No. Uh, Cowboys, Seahawks, what would you think of the game? I thought it was a fantastic game. Uh, you know, I really expected the Seahawks to run it a bit more and kind of regress back to that idea that they're going to run the ball, you know, 25 times, just make Russell Wilson into a game manager and all that. But they continue to let Russ cook, and it's fantastic. I think he should finally get the recognition he deserves for so long because he has been such a great quarterback, even when he was, you know, thrown in Doug Baldwin and co. Now he's actually got some pretty good weapons. Uh, I think he's pretty much got the MVP locked up if he keeps it going. Obviously, he's on pace for, you know. Almost, I don't know. Josh Allen um, right there Josh, behind him. Josh Allen and that uh, absolute <laughs> garbage PI call that did not exist at all. I mean, but we can also go on and on and on and about that. But, uh, I mean, I'm just saying, if we're talking about Josh Allen, the Bills are still on pace to go 16-0. That's true. And uh, 
He came back. That was a good team. Like, uh, you, you can criticize the first two wins of the year, but, I mean, even with that P.I. call, that was a game that could have slipped away. Josh Allen stuck with it, did what he needed to do to, to, to get them the win, and I thought he was going to fold. I thought he was going to fold like an accordion the first time Aaron Donald got his hands on him. Like, I was scared for Josh. I was scared for my, my fantasy superstar. And uh, luckily, uh, he pulled through, even if it did give you one of your few uh, betting victories this week against me. Uh, I, I thought I was going to have that one. I, I, looked, I had to go back to the tape because I said three points on the, the, the podcast, but in my head, it must have been three points, like, given up. So it was two and a half was what the, the starting line was at the, the, the beginning of last week for that game. So I just barely lost on that one. So I don't know why you're mad about the P.I. call. Saved you, saved you a win there, man. I, I might have lost in a different area because of that P.I. call. Okay. I guess, it, I guess this is uh, small money we put on the line. We keep, <laughs> we keep, it, uh, we keep it low stakes here. Just, uh, you know, it's all a couple dollars in race. A couple dollars in filet of fish. So, yeah, I, I think with the way Josh Allen is playing, that was a, a, a big moment. Uh, I still, you know, that 3-0 is still built on two easy wins and then just the, the one solid one against the Rams. But I, I, Buffalo is a team to deal with, and that Josh Allen, like, it, I always wonder what would happen when that pass rush gets to him. That's what the Rams have. They can get to you, and they can start to rattle you. Josh Allen wasn't rattled. He has the confidence and a couple inaccurate balls, but for the most part, he is getting it downfield to his guys, and he has the weapons now. And I don't know why people go into seasons not realizing how important it is. You need an offensive line to block for you. You need players that can actually go down the field, get the ball for you. And if they can't get open, like, yeah, it'd be nice to have a quarterback who can make it happen anyways, like a Patrick Mahomes, a Russell Wilson. But that's a, that's a tough thing. Not a lot of guys can make that happen if your wide receivers aren't good enough to get open. Now he finally has those guys. Josh Allen, uh, have a good year, and they have a good defense. So, uh, I despite the fact that they allowed, you know, 32 points by the Rams. But uh, look for the Bills to do good things. I, I, I'm putting that into the I'm on board now. Like, I, I no longer think it's a, just a fluke that they've started this way. Are you on board with the 16-0 and train? No, because that's stupid. I don't believe that for anybody. I don't believe – when the Chiefs started the year, it was like you look at how much they had, and it's like I, I think with the, the, the weapons they have, you start getting midway through the season. It's like you could talk about them being an all-time great team, but there are all-time great teams that didn't make it to 16-0, and not because they weren't as good as the, you know, 07 Patriots or the, the Dolphins. Like, it's because they rested their players late. It's because X, Y, and Z. Like, there are ones that literally it doesn't matter to them the way it does to some other teams. You, lose, you being a 15-1 and team, a 14-2 and team, like, there are teams that are just as good as those teams. They just don't have that cute little number right there. And even for the Patriots – they lost in the Super Bowl, so that number didn't mean shit to them either. Like that, I, I never look at a team like that's the team that's going to go 16 What a dumb gamble to ever make. Just stop. There's no reason for it because the same people who would ever make that bet do it every year, and that means all but two times you've been wrong and look like an idiot, but you don't care because you just want to have fun in the preseason. I know, Bobby, you're just joking, but there are people that literally do this every season. Shut up. There's no 16 and no talk. Talk it. Is this an all time great team? If that's what you want to do, fine. And that's a bold thing to do before you've seen them play a, a down. But that's it. Don't talk about 16 and no. Hate it. Hate that conversation. I'm, 
I sincerely doubt you remember this, but I believe it was in 2014 or 2015. I want to say it was USA Today in their preseason rankings actually projected the Patriots to go 16 and 0. I'll have, to, I'll have to find the article for you because I was like a major newspaper actually projected someone to go 16 and 0. This is fantastic. It's just, it's dumb. And I, I, I hate when that conversation comes up. Uh, there are other conversations and we're on it right now. So I'm going to talk about it real quick. We, we'd already litigated a little bit uh, last week, but Russell Wilson MVP vote. I was listening to uh, the Bill Simmons podcast with Ryan Russillo on there. And that was his big sticking point because Ryan Russillo is a big fan of, he, he likes to uh, go like sports radio guy on dub sports radio takes. So, like, he'll just come in and have the same, like, 100 miles per hour, just cut it at the knees, but to a dumb talking point that it's like, Ryan, you do that all day. That's your, been your entire career. Like, stop pretending that you're just one notch above them. Like, that's, that's how you fill up five hours of radio each day is saying dumb things. So, he was mad at the idea that people are saying Russell Wilson deserves a vote, but if you really look at each year – like it's a, this isn't the type of vote where you'd go one, two, three, it's who's your MVP. And if you think Russell Wilson definitely needs the vote, there should be a year you say he was definitely the MVP. And every year it's like, okay, Lamar Jackson, uh, unanimous, you know, Patrick Mahomes lost eight out to, to Drew Brees. Uh, you start going down the list and it's like, if you can say that he's better than Patrick Mahomes that year, then you can say he deserves an MVP vote, which is so stupid. Cause you, sh- it's like, was he better than Drew Brees that year? Was he better than Derek Carr the year he got a vote? Was he better than – like, you go down the dumb list of people who've gotten MVP votes during Russell Wilson's career, it will piss you off. Like, that's what the argument should be. And that, that just made me very angry hearing it as if, like, because the ultimately most of the final MVPs were right, that means Russell Wilson wasn't slighted for never getting a vote. It's like, no, that's bull. He was slighted every time – they gave it to some awful quarterback who just strung together a pretty good year. Derek Carr is the only one that's coming to my mind right now, but there's at least three other quarterbacks that you're just like, really? That You thought they were better than Russell Wilson? Really? And it, it, it annoys Alan. I mean, I don't Derek talk Carr about did have a really good year. Not <laughs> better. It, it wasn't better than any season Russell Wilson has had. Like, I, it just wasn't. It was, it was good for him. It stood out. The reason some idiot voted for him was because it was so above what you would expect Derek Carr to have done, even then when he was young and we, we saw a lot of upside for him. But none of those years were better than what Russell Wilson has put together. I have to look up the 2018 season. Is that the Derek Carr season? I don't think so. Because 2019 season is Lamar. 2018 is Patrick Mahomes. Derek Carr had to have been like 16 or 17, right? Yeah, because that was the year he got hurt in, like, week 15 or something against the Titans. Yeah, because Derek but, Carr has been slightly below average for, for a lot of years now. It's, it's building up. But uh, I'm looking at the 2018 year. Okay, that's the year that Drew Brees got nine, and Russell Wilson had, you know, a fantastic year. So I'm going to look into that Derek Carr thing I'm curious now. You have me going into this. So I'm going to have a uh, follow-up on that next week. All right. I wish I still had the, the information in front of me because there's a long list and a lot. I, some of them are running backs. Some of them, you know, like Adrian Peterson. Um, they, they're, they're I, I think one time 
when the, the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, I think the there was a vote for one of the defensive players, but I think it was uh, Bobby Wagner, maybe. Um, okay. So, so ones like that, I'll give you because that's like somebody trying to be like, well, if it's not a quarterback, who's actually the best player that you know? And fine, if you're gonna do it that way. But when he's losing to other quarterbacks that he's better than, that's the problem. It's it's not that okay, he didn't steal a vote from Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. Uh, it's the fact that there were other quarterbacks who were less deserving than him that somebody threw a vote. And somehow in this many years, nobody's thrown it to Russell Wilson. Just, just nonsense. But uh, going down the list, I think I've hit most of the games that I want to talk about. Bobby, is there any uh, other games from Sunday slate that uh, you feel like we really need to break down? You want to have some uh, Baker Mayfield talk for a little bit. Is there anything on there that really excites you? I mean, that doesn't excite me. We could talk about it. I mean, we could point out how that the Giants went up basically against a third string San Francisco team and got absolutely blown out. So um, a tank for Trevor's going well in New York and the curse of the Belichick assistants lives on with Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, Eric Mangini, Romeo Pennell. Hey, hey. Hey now, Matt Patricia won a game for the Lions. That that they yeah. beat the Cardinals and they broke a uh, they they hadn't won since Halloween last year. So yeah, he's watch he's your mouth about in, Matt Patricia flipping it. He's flipping it. He's coming back around. <laughs> he's one in twelve in his last thirteen. He's on a hot streak now. But I don't think there's anything really uh, fantastical that we missed. Uh, Tom Brady looked really good for about three drives for that Bucks offense, and they you know kind of puttered out and died again. I really hope they put it together because that team could be a lot of fun to watch, but they just still seem really out of sync. But, uh, you know, if the Saints losing, they are in first place, I believe. So, you know, that's a that's an upside for uh, a Tom Brady fanboy and Bucks fan for 16 games, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, the Bucks really just need to find one of the running backs that will actually consistently uh, do work in the passing game. And it's weird because, like, they have three guys who are capable. Uh, maybe, maybe not the best, but Jones can catch out of the backfield. Fournette can catch out of the backfield. Even McCoy, with whatever tread is left on those tires, can catch out of the backfield. And somehow, he, he, like, they just need to trade for James White. Give up a first-round draft pick. Go bring Tom Brady, James White. Because he, he, just, he just doesn't know what to do back there with those guys. That's, that's been the biggest problem for Tom Brady right now. It's like, I got my deep threats, but where's my little outlet back that's going to be consistent and not drop the ball every time I need him to, to, to help me out here? And, yeah, for some reason, three guys who can catch, but uh, none of them are, uh, you know, no chemistry with uh, Tom Brady right now. That's a problem. I mean, if the Patriots gave up a second round for Sanu, <laughs> the Bucks can be justified for giving up a first round for James White. That's fair. You brought the 49ers. That was a good one. That was the uh, uh, only other big game that was like, okay, you got nobody left on the field. Still head and shoulders better than the Giants. Uh, the only other game that really uh, popped uh, was one that didn't pop at all. Bengals-Eagles, 23-23. And uh, both teams just seemed to not want to win in overtime. I mean, it was, if uh, you're – It was a good time. If it's fourth and seven in their your opponent's territory at the end of the game, why not punt it for the tie? I mean, <laughs> Carson Wentz is popping off this season, and Jalen Hurts is uh, going to be hoping he can play the Nick Foles role. But, I mean, yeah, poor Joe Burrow. He's, he hadn't lost in probably like a decade or whatever. I mean, the guy went from 
LSU just lighting it up on the field. Now he's stuck in Cincinnati and Ohio, losing games left and right. Poor guy. It was I nice mean, knowing you, Joe. Tied this week, so uh, step up. It was good. I good mean, he's, he's not doing as well as Matt Patricia, but he's trying. He's trying. Uh, yeah, that game, uh, it was funny. Uh, I got kicked out of my cousin's uh, NFL Sunday ticket app because uh, he needed to jump on to watch the end of that one. Uh, so that's, that's good. But uh, eventually got back in, got to keep watching football. And uh, yeah, I, I, it, was a, it was a fun day. Like definitely a slate of games. I still wish they'd move uh, a few more of the early games to the, the afternoon, give us a, a better balance. But uh, NFL does this every year. I don't know why uh, they do that to us. I only have so many TVs, guys. Like, and I don't even have one uh, cable subscription. I am piecemealing this together. And all I need you to do is put enough games on both morning and afternoon slates. Is it that hard, guys? Is that hard? If you have the NFL Fantasy app, you can get Red Zone for 30 bucks. Uh, yeah, I'll think about it. So, like, with the Sunday ticket, they have their version of the Red Zone. It's, it's not as good, though. And even then, like, I need it to be, like, evened out because you, what happens is you're trying to keep up and even the Red Zone – like, they're doing their best, but there's just too much going on. And then you get to the second slate of games, and you can keep up. Like, there's just enough – or there's not even enough. Sometimes they're sitting there they, – they were at one point just showing a commercial break. I think the <laughs> announcer on the uh, uh, Sunday Ticket Red Zone was just like, and uh, we got a, we got a ad for Pepsi here. And then he, like, read the ad roll that was playing in the background behind him. It was – it was nuts. So they have time. Move a game up, and that'll work out. But otherwise, doing a good job of picking uh, what are the uh, primetime games, what to put in the Sunday night slot. Obviously, uh, Packers and Saints was a, was a good time. Uh, having the, the Chiefs-Ravens as the Monday night matchup, genius. And then, obviously, showing uh, you just do not care about the Thursday night games because, uh, well, look this week. we got Broncos and Jets. Definitely what, excited what, to watch what? that. What don't you like about that? Because I can I can guarantee guarantee you that you'll be picking that game here shortly. Oh man, I hate you. Um, yeah, I think it's Jeff Driscoll being the the passing leader for the the Broncos is the thing that I dislike the most. I mean, uh, they brought Melvin in Gordon's third getting going. Back. Yeah, it's it's awful. Um, so yeah, that's uh that the. the I don't think they care about Thursday night games, which is apparently genius. Because then you have games like last week, you know, Jaguars, Dolphins. And it was, like, entertaining despite not being good. Like, I had a fun time with it, watching Fitz Magic. I thought it was hilarious. It was definitely on my second TV. I didn't have to hear any of it. I put the, the <laughs> game on. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, they're doing a decent job. So that's that's big picture looking at uh, the way the NFL is, is running things. And, you know, uh, honestly – when I think about these leagues that uh, we only talk about MLB that's uh, finally getting into the postseason, but every other league has done a pretty good job of making us forget that this is a pandemic with either zero fans or uh, minimal fans that are supposedly spread out. Uh, it, it could have been a awkward time as a wrestling fan. I know how awkward it can get without having the fans there when they're such a huge part of the product. Uh, NFL's done an amazing job. NBA did an amazing job. And uh, any takeaways from the NFL product and the, the way they've, uh, you know, put it on despite uh, the restrictions they've faced? I mean, I, 
as long as you can pump in a little bit of crowd noise, you're not going to miss it as much as you would like a WWE per se. And some stadiums like the Chiefs are allowing fans in. I don't know if you, I, I, I just looked this up yesterday and I was curious to see if you ever looked it up. You can buy Chiefs tickets, but you have to buy them in packs of six. Six. Um, yeah, so you can get a ticket for 180 bucks, but you have to buy six of them. Or you could buy one ticket for about 900 So That's I'm really – and you can't buy a pair of tickets for some reason. It's always three or more, and I don't even have a friend to go to me with the, go to me with the game. How am I supposed to find five NFL? That's just not going to happen. But going back to the product, you know, they do good with what they have. As long as you have the commentators, I think you're not really going to miss as much in the NFL. You still would like to see that, you know, fan interaction when it comes to the Lambo leap and stuff like that. Maybe Cam, you know, giving the footballs out to the fans or the kids or whatever. But, and you know, I think they're doing fantastic what they have. Hopefully they keep it up. I believe it was a Saints game where they were, like, testing the protocols to let fans in. You can be smart about it and still let fans in. You can still let in, you know, 20,000, 30,000 fans. As long as they are spaced, it's all going to be mostly open air. Yeah, and, they're not going to uh, be spaced out, though. I mean, yeah, we, we, this is uh, without going too far into the politics. This is America. <laughs> we know how it goes. You know, we, they, they can wear their mask while they walk to the seat and then be like, I can't breathe with this thing on and then throw it away. But I mean, for what they're, for what they were given in such a short amount of time, they did a fantastic job. And just the fact that we have football on Saturdays and Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays, I think is fantastic. Hopefully, they can keep it up for the season because, unfortunately, it looks like looks like the pandemic's. My dog's doing it running. <laughs> unfortunately, the uh, pandemic looks like <laughs> looks like it's here to stay for a little bit longer. Yeah, uh, that's going to be throughout the season. There's not really a, uh, a, any reason to believe that this won't be something that's affecting us throughout uh, this calendar year and then into next year. Uh, so, yeah, at this point, the, what they've put together, and you're right, like, there's only so much with a football game. Uh, I think even basketball is a little bit more like you, you have people that are seen courtside throughout a game, like they're in the shot where in most of the NFL action, it is sideline. And then until they get to certain things like a punt when the ball goes up, uh, if, you know, they're going into the end zone, and then when they switch the camera angle from the, the base one to, to something that, uh, you know, uh, points like straight down the field, there, there are times where that comes up, but generally you're not seeing them. So then if you either have just enough fans to create the crowd noise or you do the pumping in, which I know people have been upset, why? It's, it's fine. When you have fake fans at an Eagles game booing Carson Wentz uh, when he screws up, like that's there's nothing better than that. So don't be mad at the fake noise. I think it's been fine. Um, they, they, they've found a way to put that together. NBA had to get a little bit more fancy with uh, the way they built those arenas down in, in Orlando. Also, they had the ability to create a situation where everybody's in the same spot. We create one, you know, uh, set of gyms that works uh, that doesn't happen with MLB and NFL because you have uh, you know traveling to these stadiums you could try to do some sort of bubble where everybody goes to one area where I don't know where the hell you set up where there's enough football fields 
to to do that. So none of it, it just doesn't quite work. I think baseball is probably closer. There's some complexes with like six baseball fields. But MLB didn't want to do that. Uh, and they also have a game that entirely fans are there every shot that matters in baseball. So couldn't really fix that. NFL got around it. Been good. Um, that That's all I have for the, the off the field stuff. Uh, I don't really have much else this week in terms of talking. I mean, we could – yeah, we already did our breakdown for the the Chiefs Ravens uh, this this last week uh, when we were on the pod. So I don't think we have Are to we? stop for it too long. I'm super excited for it. I'm hoping Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, starts looking a little bit more like he looked last year. I'm hoping that Chiefs defense can even try to slow down uh, Lamar Jackson and the the Baltimore Ravens, and uh, it should be good at the very least. It's it's exciting. I'm glad that's a, the Monday night game. But in terms of uh, my takes on this show. Uh, I think we know where we both stand in terms of what we think of the, the Chiefs and the Ravens. Uh, I, I guess the best one, I, I think somebody tweeted this out, but I don't remember uh, what uh, sports reporter it was, but it was uh, a reminder that uh, if the Chiefs lose, the season isn't over for them. If the Ravens lose, the season isn't like – as much as this is a huge game and it matters for these teams, like at the end of the day, these are teams that are built to – uh, be good during the postseason. Losing tonight is not the thing that's going to knock them off course for trying to win a Super Bowl. So uh, should be fun, but don't don't overreact, people. Don't worry, I'll be doing that next week. <laughs> I got you covered. I'll have some hot takes for you every time. All right, are we so, rolling in, into the most monotone section of all Bobby's think, hypothetical sports bets? I think we are. Okay, well. I, I kind of spoiled the first pick, but, you know, I always got to go for the trash. I, I, I always aim for the low-hanging fruit. So, first game, you have Denver at the Jets. The Broncos are minus two and a half. I think we both know where you're going with this one. I hope I know where you're going with this one. I'm going to go Broncos. Uh, it's tougher as they keep going down the, the quarterback roster and you keep wondering – why in the world would John Elway not go out and get somebody that can actually play quarterback? Like, you know, there's gotta be a free agent out there, like a, I don't know, Colin Kaepernick or something. So <laughs> I think, I, I think at this point, the okay. Broncos are getting bad, but as I learned from my uh, comp last week to the Panthers, nobody's as bad as the Jets right now. So I'm going Broncos. There, I do have to, without getting too much into Colin Kaepernick, when uh, they were talking about Blake Bortles, they're like, he adds absolutely great value to this team. He was in an AFC championship. I was just like, if only there was a quarterback that was in a couple championships in a Super Bowl. But I was like, that would be weird if that guy's a free agent. The best part about the Blake Bortles one is it defeats the best argument that the anti-cap people have, which is that he hasn't played in three years. They're like, I will take Colin Kaepernick with like atrophy in his legs over Blake Bortles. Like that, that like you could make that argument with almost anybody else. Like, no, give me Colin Kaepernick. Like if he hadn't been able to like, he, he's in the pandemic. You, he hasn't been able to leave his house. Uh, his legs just hasn't even worked out. Doesn't even have a home gym and you bring him out. You, sh- you get him to shave a little bit. You throw him out there in the huddle. I will take that over Blake Bortles getting an entire <laughs> year where you're planning it. You know, he's going to have to play and you have to prepare him for it. I'll take Colin Kaepernick. Um, <sighs> So, yeah, keep, I'm going with the Broncos on that one. So, next up, going down the line, we have the Chargers at the Bucks. The Bucks are minus 7.5. I'm going to go Tampa Bay on this one. 
I I would normally take the Chargers and the points if they had a quarterback at all that was healthy, but they obviously don't. This is not one of those uh you know games I'd put a lot on, but I'd I'd feel pretty confident of the Bucks on this one. It's not a bad pick. If I if I was given the option, I'd probably make the the same selection. Don't worry. Now we're getting into the trash. I mean, this is real garbage, and we we both get one. So the one you get is the Baltimore Baltimore Ravens at the Red. Excuse me, at the Washington Football Team. The yeah, Ravens be careful there. are. Be careful there. You almost said it. I almost you said almost, it. it was, you almost uh, brought back that guy who killed Harry Potter. You almost went down the <laughs> dark path there, my friend. You're almost gonna have to give me like the. The oof sound effect, as I said, is. (laughs) But you got Baltimore at the Washington football team. The Ravens are a whopping minus 13 and a half. I'll take Ravens. I I mean, I would too, honestly. But I I got an interesting one coming up here. I got the New York football giants who just got spanked by a high school football (laughs) team at the Rams. This one, I really want to know, like, who came up with this line because the open line on this game was minus six and a half. Now it is minus 12 and a half. There's a that correction. Is a, that is a bit of movement there. But even with 12 and a half, I'm going to take the Rams because if they could not even be competitive with the Niners and Nick Mullins, I think they're going to get absolutely blown away by the Rams. But I really want this. That's like one of those weird lines, like the Bucks and the Broncos last week. Like, what intern accidentally typed that in wrong? Got like a million dollars worth of bets for his casino or whatever. And then it was like, oh no, I'm going to get fired. That's exactly <laughs> what happened there. But okay, so this one, uh, I'm, we're gonna, this one, I think we're going to do our fish fillet bet of the week on because it is the New England Patriots at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are minus seven for one fish fillet. I mean, you know I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I don't know why we're questioning it here. We're not questioning it. We just – oh, my God, that's the Sunday night game. If I was putting money down, not fillet of fish, which at this point I don't know who owes who, how many, but uh, it's getting ridiculous at this point. We're uh, putting a wash on last season's like 50 Okay, so then I just owe you two. Fine. Um, so yeah, I think if I was to have to like, you know, I had a thousand dollars, I put it on this game. Uh, I'd probably go Patriots. Cause, uh, I just feel like with the, the way the chiefs have played, they haven't really, uh, you know, got to the level I expect them to. We'll see how the game goes tonight with the Ravens Patriots at this point have shown they can play, uh, many different styles. They can put the ball in the air, keep up with the Seahawks team with, with Russ cooking. So, uh, I feel like that would be like a field goal type of game. I'd still pick if I was doing money line, I'd go Chiefs. But with uh, the the point spread, I'd probably go Patriots. But uh, with the way we do bets and the way I just, why would I want to root for my team to not just beat the crap out of the Patriots? I mean, some I'm plus not- you can win a fish fillet. That's better than money. That's true. But I, we're not going to bet on this because I only want one more game for my nice even five. Nice even. Wait, no. How many do we have? No, just pick four. another game. Just go to another game. We'll keep going. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but no, I just want to point out that this was the Sunday night game, and it must have looked really good at the scheduling, and it looks really awful right now. But Sunday night is 
Philly and the 49ers. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. And we're moving on to the Monday night game. You have the Atlanta Falcons at the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are minus seven. Uh, I think I'm going to take the Packers on this one after Atlanta blows like a 21 to three lead. Yeah, but at this point, I mean, what, what are the Falcons lost by this year? See, that's the problem is the, the seven and a half points. I mean, you're talking. Oh, it's, just, it's just seven. It, I was looking at the ESPN line. That's seven and a half. Also, I like halves. I don't want seven. I don't want a push. Who wants a push, man? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going with whatever the lines are, man. So, yeah, the Falcons looked horrible. They got, you know, killed by the Seahawks. Uh, that You got a, a just – utter debacle against the Cowboys lose by one. And then how in the world do you let Nick Foles and the bears come back to beat you at 30 to 26, but it's a four point game. So you have to think, all right, the Packers right now with the way they're playing, are they going to be as good as the Seahawks 38, 25? Probably, probably Julio Jones still out. It's a good pick, but I'd, I, I'd want to see the, the injury report on who that's a, that's the one you make the day of, you know? You're like, everybody's going on the Packers side. And then wait, Julio's ready to go. I'm taking the Falcons to lose in sad fashion, last <laughs> second, under seven points. But uh, is, yeah. is Julio dropping a TD in this scenario too? I think he'd have to, man. But that's, that's it. That's all I got for this week for the most exciting monotone section of them all. That's perfect. Uh, any other games that stand out that we didn't uh, want to talk about? We got uh, the uh, futility game. We got Vikings-Texans 0-3. Uh, obviously, we know uh, with the Vikings, uh, they, they put themselves into that situation by uh, signing the wrong guy. The Texans put themselves in that situation by trading away the wrong guy. And I mean, they got David Johnson, though. They got David Johnson. That was a fair trade. Yeah, to- totally. 100% because running backs matter. Uh, Vikings, they got the – at least they showed a response. They showed – so the Texans, there's nothing you can really change. You have gotten rid of enough players and haven't built up enough players to give Deshaun Watson a chance to actually win games. Vikings sucked, sucked, and even though it was a one-point loss to the Titans, they corrected their biggest problem in play calling and got themselves back into the hunt. I would imagine Mike Zimmer is going to be smarter going into this game than Bill O'Brien. I'm going to – I would lean on the Vikings if we were to bet on that. So that, that'll be an interesting one uh, to look at. Uh, got... I, think, I think Seattle and the Dolphins is going to be really exciting for all the wrong reasons. That feels like a game where Seattle is just up a bunch and, like, Miami has no reason to be playing their starters and then Ryan Fitzpatrick drops, like, 21 useless points in the fourth quarter. What about Steelers Titans? You got a 3-0 uh, face off there. Uh, I, I, I've yet to hear anybody say that the, the Steelers are pretenders, but uh, Titans, there's definitely people looking at it side-eyed and uh, uh, Pittsburgh is on the road, but in a, you know, pandemic. So I don't know why that's still worth three points on a, on a line, but ESPN line here has Pittsburgh minus one and a half. So uh, yeah, that, how, how much money are you going to bet on the Steelers this week, Bobby? Well, I got, I got them at minus one right here after an open of plus three. So, yes, the, uh, on the road, they really quickly figured out that's not a thing where you don't have any fans in the stadium. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't put a house on that one, but I put a small condo on that one. I'd say that's for fair. the Steelers. That's fair. So there we go. We just helped everybody. We gave them that. That would be the closest I have to a lock of the week. Uh, nothing better than a team I feel is significantly better than the other in a situation where giving up a point, not a not a big deal. So uh, yeah, I'd spam the hell out of that. Um, none of the other ones matter. I, I am, I'm, I'm really Browns Cowboys. That actually, that's actually a good one. If the Browns hey. win, all of a sudden a team, we were ready to write, not just write off the Browns season. Cause that's normal. We were ready to write off Baker Mayfield. He got destroyed against the Ravens and looked pretty bad for the first two quarters of week two. And now they are in a position where they are going to just be right there behind the Ravens. And with an extra playoff spot this year, the Browns could make the playoffs. And all they got to do is beat a one and two Cowboys team that has just had such a tough start of the season. Would be zero and three if not for how bad the Falcons are, and uh, they're just clearly uh, in front in the NFC East. That's a good time. I mean, oof, that's a rough <laughs> one because it's four and a half, and that's one of those weird like if it's four and a half, it might as well be a six or seven point spread. Man, so that's a that, that that's a fun one. Cowboys have to win this one, except they don't. If they lose, if the Browns win, I, I Cowboys are still like front runner to win the NFC East. One they and three win, doesn't they, change. They could win it at seven and nine this year, or six and ten. It doesn't matter. They might make it in at five and eleven. They, they might. They probably this, could. This that's how bad the NFC East is this year. Unless the Eagles just magically, as they they get a few of those injured players back in. But man, now it's starting to feel like they're just demoralized. Like I don't even know if getting their players back help. Like I think I think the Eagles just feel like they're crushed at this point, and then uh, the the rest of the NFC East just sucks. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, that that somehow you just look at it. It shouldn't be a game that doesn't matter at all. But there are playoff implications with the Browns and the Cowboys, so that that's exciting. That's that's all I have. Is there any other NFL things that have stood out? I guess in the Saints one, we didn't talk about the thing everybody wants to talk about, which is just Taysom Hill getting a lot of money and then fumbling the game away. That's the hill that Sean Payton will continue to die on for absolutely no reason. A hill named after a random park in his hometown. Hmm. Is Taysom Rotary Park is what he's named after. I can't make that up. Can't, can't well, maybe you can. I, I don't know. Somebody wrote it into Wikipedia. I don't know. I said, I'm pretty sure that's 50-50 on if it's made up or not. If it's on Wikipedia, it happened. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to humble brag too much, but when KU was playing Coastal Carolina, I, I updated their Wikipedia page to say that they are owned by Coastal Carolina. So, yes, if it is on Wikipedia, I do have a screenshot. It does – it is 100% true. I made it very clear I did not want to talk about the KU football Jayhawks before we came out of this pod, Bobby. You've broken the one rule of too many points. But no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, that is a sad thing that I will uh, avoid. I will only talk about in our potpourri podcast when we talk about – NFL, NBA, and I can just rant for, about the Jayhawks for uh, five minutes and then move on. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's all we have for this week. Should be a fun week of games. Uh, I know I lied to our listeners. They did not have a, a midweek podcast. Uh, it was Marco Marquez's uh, 23rd birthday. He's reached the year where it's, it's his Jordan year, and so happy birthday to Marco. Uh, it's also the year where, uh, 
you know, nobody likes you when you're 23. So there's a lot of things that can happen at 23. Uh, good luck, Marco. Uh, and then uh, forget whatever reason uh, the, the other people couldn't make it in. But uh, it didn't happen, and uh, I was too busy to, to take the time to force it. But this week, uh, I, will, I will pull a Ryan Rossillo podcast if I have to. I will talk by myself into the <laughs> mic for five hours and release it on YouTube. So we will get one of those released later in the week. We'll figure out if uh, any co-hosts will come in and try to break up the monotony of my poor takes. But we'll get there. That's all we have for this episode of the Too Many Points podcast. Too Many Points show on the Tell Me More podcast. I'll get it right eventually. Uh, not today. Uh, but that's it. That's all we have. Uh, see you next time, folks. Peace.